But I'm really seeing a return to brand awareness. I think for a lot of years there, people were really excited and frankly caught up in all of the social media platforms that exist, all the analytics that were behind their website, the digital marketing initiatives that existed, even e-newsletters. But at the end of the day, if you don't have a brand, a well-defined brand that makes it easy to communicate who and what you are to other people, all of those other tactics are meaningless. So it's the brand that makes you stand out. So I'm embracing this sort of return to the marketing 101 basic of brand awareness. And I hope that it continues actually not just in 2024, but beyond that as well. You're listening to Brandlift with Tori Sikama, where each week we demystify branding, marketing, and business to help you get seen, get published, and get booked by dream clients. I'm a beach-loving mom from the Jersey Shore who quit her full-time gig and picked up a camera. Six months later, I was published in six different magazines for my interiors and branding photography, launching me down a path to booking clients who love me. Needless to say, I'm obsessed with all things branding, marketing, and design. Now, I'm bringing my 20 years of marketing expertise and my passion for photography and design to help you get in front of your dream clients too. I'll talk about the real struggles of being an entrepreneur, creating a brand that people love, and how to set yourself apart and grow your business quickly. If you're a photographer, interior designer, architect, builder, or you just love all things design like me, grab a martini and get cozy as we gather to get real about your brand identity, numbers, marketing, and more so you get seen, get published, and get booked. Get ready to give your brand a facelift with Brandlift. Welcome to Brandlift, where we demystify all things marketing and branding to help you get seen, get booked, and get published. Today with me is Michelle Peranto, partner at Katie Brockman & Co., a full-service business development and marketing agency whose clients are all the best in class in their area of design. Having led marketing and PR, for notable global luxury brands such as Balma Mercier, Matuk, and Harry Winston, Michelle has an insatiable passion for design and items that are exceptionally crafted. She channels that passion and a flair for storytelling to build 360-degree marketing strategies that build awareness and drive sales. Welcome, Michelle. Thanks, Tori. It's delightful to be here. Well, it's delightful to connect with you. I was just saying, we were talking in the green room, and how you and I were introduced was through a panel that we were both on, and Erica Sorit was that connector, that person. And I'm just so grateful because anytime I can connect with like-minded, kick-ass women in business, it just feeds my soul. 
I'm with you a thousand percent, and I'm appreciative that Erica is an ultimate connector. I feel like she's always putting great people together, and the conversations flourish from there, and relationships are lasting. That's wonderful. I feel the same. Well, I'm excited to dive in and let the audience learn so much more about you and your expertise and your secret sauce, as it were. So let's jump into some questions. So how do you bridge your experience in the luxury jewelry and watch brands industry with now working with design professionals? I love that question, Tori, because I spent the beginning portion of my career leading marketing and PR for some really amazing jewelry and watch brands. And what that experience taught me is the way things are made, the materials that are used, the craftspeople that bring those things to life are just as important as the end result. So today, when we work with interior designers, design professionals, and brands that target the design professional, I always look to go beneath the surface. I want to know how something came to be. What was the motivation and inspiration? What were the materials that were used to make magic happen? So I think all of those layers of questions make me a good marketing professional for the design community today. Oh, that's incredible. And, you know, you had me at Harry Winston. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Michelle, what are some key trends in marketing for the home industry and the luxury brands, design professionals that you foresee in 2024? And how can design professionals leverage these trends? I would say, and this is going to sound really sort of marketing 101, but I'm really seeing a return to brand awareness. I think for a lot of years there, people were really excited and frankly caught up in all of the social media platforms that exist, all the analytics that were behind their website, the digital marketing initiatives that existed, even e-newsletters. But at the end of the day, if you don't have a brand, a well-defined brand that makes it easy to communicate who and what you are to other people, all of those other tactics are meaningless. So it's the brand that makes you stand out. So I'm embracing this sort of return to the marketing 101 basic of brand awareness. And I hope that it continues actually not just in 2024, but beyond that as well. I'm 100% with you, Michelle. I think we all have social media fatigue. I don't know about you, but I just feel like do they really want to hear from me in that way? Like, what is going to be that authentic connection? Why a brand, why a design professional would want to work with me? And I hope it goes beyond a social media presence. I really do. I feel it's a deeper connection. Absolutely. And I think that now that we're gathering back together, you know, there's events, there's conferences. Recently in New York City, what's new, what's next at 200 Lex returned. And I felt like it was back to school night. And I say that because I watched people interact with people and those people represent a brand. And so to have that authentic experience to talk to one another, to ask questions, to listen. To me, that's the very best marketing that can go on. 
I love it. I'm on board. So in terms of marketing budgets, where do you recommend design professionals and home brands invest their marketing dollars first for the best results? You know, this is going to sound like a very selfish response, but I think investing in a collaborative agency partner is a really smart way to invest your marketing dollars. And the reason I say that is because it's really beneficial to have outside eyes looking in. So really having, and I use the word partner, not lightly, but I use it very heavily handed. You want someone who's going to walk with you through your journey and the growth of your business. They're going to ask you the tough questions. They're going to push you out of your comfort zone. They're going to draw all of the stories that can be crafted from you. So I am a big believer in having an agency partner. And I know a lot of times people say, well, am I big enough to do that? You know, for me, if you've made the choice and decision to start a business, then you're ready actually for an agency partner. It doesn't have to be a big agency. It can be an independent practitioner. But again, I think having somebody that you can bounce ideas off of, like I said, can challenge you and can really bring perspective of the marketplace, to me, that's invaluable. It is invaluable because I know personally as a solopreneur, I am looking for that creative synergy to bounce ideas off of to ensure that, hey, does this sound right to you? I mean, you can't really have a conversation with chat GPT. And, you know, AI is not going to build your brand long term. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I'm very lucky in that I'm myself in, in a business partnership. And my business partner, Katie, you know, we always refer to each other as the yin to the yang. And we plug into each other because I think we both bring experience, expertise, and perspective to the table. And then we share that with our clients. And I think that, you know, we come from a place of authenticity. We are our clients' best cheerleaders. We want to see their success come true, their dreams happen ultimately. I do want to say, and I say this to you very honestly, Tori, but the second area that we are forever telling our clients to carve out budget for is photography. You know, a picture, I don't have to tell you, is worth a thousand words. And so to have that really amazing tool in their toolbox helps their social content, their website content, if they're doing an e-newsletter, it's their portfolio that they show, prospective clients. It's really the gateway to business. So again, I think making that investment in good photography is key to their business success as well. For sure. And I didn't even plan this, but that leads so seamlessly into let's talk about interior project photography. And since that's what I do, what mistakes do you see design professionals doing with their photography? You know, I think that the relationship between an interiors photographer and an interior designer has to be approached almost like dating. There needs to be connection. There needs to be chemistry. There needs to be understanding between the two. So when I see mistakes happen, it's because that courting stage hasn't happened. You know, where you really understand one another because, you know, a designer is entrusting their work. You know, it's a very 
public yet private skill set that they have into another professional's hands. So I would say this is a great opportunity to plan for success, spend time together, have conversations, visit the place that's being photographed, talk about the inspiration, do all of the due diligence, and then the day of the shoot or the days of the shoot, I find go really, really well. But when you don't plan for planning, you know it goes awry. Oh, thank you for saying that. I talk about workflow all the time with designers. And part of my process is once you sign the contract, the work has just started. We do so much ahead of time. I have a questionnaire. There's a site visit. I take scout photos. I mean, there's a whole shot list, creative brief, you name it, because my background is marketing. So I'm coming to the table with that editorial eye and that marketing focus because I understand the investment and I appreciate that someone has entrusted me with their design project that here is this living thing that has been nurtured for months and years to come to fruition. That is a huge responsibility. And I want to ensure that I know as much about that design your process, your workflow, your brand, your ethos, what makes you remarkable so that the day of the photo shoot, we are hitting the ground running and the assets that they come away with in turn helps them work with you on your side of the fence with marketing and PR. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better myself. And I think, you know, those photos will stick around for a long time, whether they're in editorial or like I said, they're part of someone's portfolio. So it's really key that you get it right. And having that partner in this process is such an important step to bringing the design story to life. Yeah, I really do believe that we support the design community in a very foundational way for them to be successful. So thank you for that. Through our conversation, I'd like to talk about when you know it's the right time. And we talked about this a little bit. When is the right time for a design professional to hire a marketing partner and what to look for in an agency depending on their needs and budget? This is such a great question because I think that there's a lot of myths out there and I'd love to dispel some of them. I think that it's really important, just like I described the process of identifying a photographer, you should take that same approach when you're looking for representation by an agency. Interview a lot of people, have a lot of conversations. And I would say that if you as the design professional are at a point in your work where you're starting to do more and more what we call whole home projects, to me, that's the tipping point to start to identify an agency partner because you have a full story to tell, multiple rooms spaces, places. And that is what a PR professional loves to just dig into and bring that story to life. And I think, you know, not everybody is going to click and that's okay. And I think sometimes it's the design professional that just feels it in their gut. And sometimes it's the agency that says, ah, just like 
may he rest in peace, Mr. Harry Winston, could see a rough diamond and be able to see what all of the beautiful diamonds that could come out of that. You know, just anecdotally, Tori, we have a few designers on our roster right now who have less than 10 years under their belt. And it's really amazing to see them evolve and grow as business professionals, as creative professionals, and just be so enthusiastic about their work. And we take really great pride and take it quite seriously that we're helping that journey along. You know, they're not big established names yet, but we're propelling them onto that sort of center stage And I love the fact that we're in lockstep with one another to make sure that that happens. Now, I love that. And in the photography world, I talk a lot to my clients about having consistency in the breadth of your work from project to project. Design professionals that flip-flop on photography, it shows in their portfolios. And I love Amber Lewis. I've met her personally. She's amazing. I just got goosebumps up and down my body. She is just so real and so such a warm person, but she has had the same interior photographer with her now, I think for five years. And it shows in her website across all of her marketing collateral and platforms. And that is powerful as well for a brand to have that consistency in that maybe Harry Winston would be a good analogy, that comfort people have with a brand. They have an expectation and you're always delivering because they're always showing up and being who you know they are. Absolutely. When you create that benchmark for yourself, you need to continue to deliver on that. And I think we've all seen work where it feels overstyled, perhaps, or it feels not lived in. And I think that while that may be a client's style, you know, there's a lot of designers out there that they're creating homes for people. And I don't know about you, but these last couple of years, my whole view of home has changed ever so dramatically. And I think, you know, the work that I'm seeing now in this last year, you know, as it gets published, is a very different body of work than we saw five years ago. And I love that people are being wildly creative with space. I love that people are once again embracing color and we don't have the world of grayish again. Orange is my favorite color. And I will say selfishly, every time I see it in a project, I get happy. And I think a lot of times it's that designer that's bringing the client along to say, let's try this. Let's move you out of the comfort zone. But if you have a photographer that's not able to capture that really effectively, then the story feels unfinished to me. Yeah, that's a powerful statement. So for design professionals to really set up for that success, engaging with the marketing partner is an essential part of that. And early on, it sounds like, don't wait. Don't wait. Because I feel like you don't have to carry the lift 
that's required for all of those pieces. You know, I think I had an aha moment midway through my career, and I had the pleasure of visiting a watchmaking studio in Switzerland. And first of all, you could eat off the floor. I mean, the environment is so sterile and clean, and that's required. And I was watching these gentlemen who've been doing watchmaking for 40 years, and they wear this very specialized magnifying glass on their head, and they work with their hands, and piece by piece, you know, in some watches, there's 300 plus pieces that go in to make that work. And I think about that analogy often as I watch a designer put together a home for someone. You know, it's the paint on the wall is just as important as the rug, as well as the linens on the bed. It's how all of those pieces work together to create a home and create a space that people want to live in. And I take that to heart as a marketing and PR professional. It's my job to figure out what are those 300 plus pieces that have to come together for my client's story to be told. And that's photography, that's conversation, that's a social media content strategy, that's advertising sometimes, an email blast, that's a database. It's all of those bits and pieces. So the designer has enough to do in his or her every day. Lean on us to do that heavy lifting for you. We're passionate about it. We know how to do it and we want to do it for you. So you have these eager clients, right, that are building brands and they're out there and they're making things happen. They have this incredible project. It's photographed beautifully. We're going to talk about styling in a second. So how do you then leverage that project to help them get some press, help them get it out in the world? You know, I think for me, I look beyond the surface. And what I mean by that is sometimes it's not just about this gorgeous, beautiful whole home, but really what was the motivation behind the homeowner to do have this work done? Sometimes I find little nuggets of a story there that give me the chance to take a very different angle with an editor. Sometimes it's location. Sometimes it's what's been asked about the house. So for me, I really try to dive deep beyond just the sort of beautifulness of it. And I think I'll give you a great example of this. We have a client, Nadia Watts, who is an interior designer based in Denver, Colorado, and akin to my own background, Nadia is the great-great-granddaughter of Louis Comfort Tiffany. So she comes by her creative talents, quite honestly, I say. And she had completed a series of projects and we were having this conversation and I came to realize that she had worked with a client on multiple homes through the years. And I thought to myself, there's something here. There's something here about a designer that continues to do different homes, different stylings in different locations for a client. And I took this pitch to an editor at the Wall Street Journal. And what resulted was the front page of the Friday Mansion section a few months ago. So while there's a lot of designers that want to see their work in the very traditional shelter publications, the ADs, the Elder Chorus, the Verandas, the House Beautifuls of the World, which 
I get just as excited about. But sometimes it's finding that story angle that's not so obvious and just going to the right person who can bring that story to life. And I just saw Nadia recently in New York, and she said to me that at least once a week, someone refers to that article. And I think to myself, then my job is done in the sense because it had that lasting effect. And again, it might not have been the place where someone would automatically go to tell a home tour story, but it was just that little twist that I knew would potentially get that editor interested. Oh, that's great. So there's the story. Then before the story that you kind of cultivate, you're the researcher that's asking the questions, that's cultivating that story through what your clients are talking about. You see those, you see the little threads that weave a story together. Now, backing that up, they have to have photography. They have to have the styling that goes into it. Can you talk to editors? What are they looking for today? What hasn't been done? Or are they looking for the things that haven't been done? What is really catching their eye that editorially that speaks to them and their readership? I think sort of broad stroke, the increased attention that's being paid to digital content. So ad.com, veranda.com. And I think these are such wonderful places to tell these stories as well. And I find that for the digital content, it's my job as the PR professional to really, I consider myself an anthropologist in this way. I ask a lot of questions to figure out. And I would definitely say that things that the editors are interested in is use of space in a home these days. While this has been talked about to death in terms of COVID made people re-examine the space in their home, I'm finding that we're taking this to the nth degree now. You know, people are carving out spaces in their home for their interests, their hobbies, and they want a dedicated room or space to be able to do that. That's a great interest to an editor because how does a designer bring that to life. If someone absolutely loves puzzles, and I know of this story right now, and so the designer created a space where someone could enjoy doing puzzles either by themselves or with their family. But also, the room also included framed works, you know, 5,000 piece puzzles. The story always has to have some interesting visual storytelling elements, but I think it's always the use of space, color and texture, I think play really big roles. And how are people living in that space? I feel like that's a question I'm being asked a lot now. It's not just a pretty room for the sake of a pretty room, but really what's the flow of that space? And I feel feel like those are the questions that I'm pulling out of our clients and then in turn, turning that into a potential story and working with an editor to bring that to life. So what I hear you saying is that color, texture, purpose, do you find that a lot of your designers are working with stylists to make that come to life? and floral designers, or are they styling themselves? And with the styling, is it more about 
it being a lived-in space or is it sparse? What is a good formula for designers to maybe follow? You know, I think it has to do with their own style for sure. We happen to support designers who design spaces that are truly lived in. And so when I look at the finished work, I always feel like me, Michelle, could go sit on that chair. I could enjoy a meal at that table. I could absolutely read a book outdoors in the oasis that they've been able to create. And I think all of our designers work with stylists when it comes to having those projects photographed. You know, again, I think it's that outside eye that comes in and their view of the space and the brief to them is, how do you bring this to life? And sometimes the designer obviously has worked so closely and it's just maybe the way a chair is placed. Or instead of having beautiful florals, there's just great greenery in a space. So it's bringing those experts to the table, Tori. And I would definitely say we have a designer who initially wasn't using a stylist for her photography and then used a stylist. And she's convinced that it made all the difference in the world. And I also think that the stylists have access to some really great resources that can help bring those spaces to the next level, if you will. I know you probably see this in your own work, but glassware. I mean, a beautifully photographed bar needs to have really interesting glassware and the accoutrements that go with a bar setup. And a stylist has those great resources and can bring that together. So when you look at that image, there's something so striking about that. And it's all of the pieces coming together that make you say, that's spectacular. And the stylist definitely has a hand in that these days. I agree. And the florals as well. Gone are the days of the dozen roses in a vase or hydrangea. And I love hydrangea orchids. It's thinking outside the box and really connecting with nature in a more organic way. So I love that. So you have now created this amazing story. You have communicated with the editor. They love it. It's published in the Wall Street Journal. The designer is over the moon. They're getting references and referrals right and left. So then how does the designer and how do you help the designer leverage this press and the longevity of it? What do you do with it once you have it? So we've thought about already before it comes out, all of the different communication touch points that that designer has at his or her access. So the website, the social media platforms, word of mouth. I mean, that's really important. I make sure that my designers have all of their good publicity at the ready on their phone so that they can share that with people with just a few clicks. I know, again, that sounds really simple, but it enables them to help tell the story time and time and time again. Email, I think, is really key as well. When you have something to say, be proud of that. It's not about being braggadocia. It's really about sharing your work. And I also say a lot of our designers belong to a lot of local or regional or national associations. You know, the Design Leadership Network, for example, your local chapter, maybe the AIA, those folks are always looking for content as well. And if you've had a great published story, 
nine and a half times out of 10, they'll take that from you and be the bullhorn to be able to communicate that to their membership and their community as well. So I have this sort of philosophy that I say often, when I toss a coin into the water, meaning when the publicity is published, I want it to be able to skip six times. So making sure that it gets pushed out in six different ways, and that way it creates more groundswell of excitement. And ultimately, it brings the story to life to more and more eyeballs. And I watch very closely our clients' social media following, their engagement rates, and click-throughs to their website. And it's interesting. We have a designer, Christina, who's based in New Jersey, and she had a client recently who had found her on social months ago, some of the coverage that she had received and saved it and knew that when it came time to hiring a designer, she went back to the folks that she had saved. So it may happen here on this day, but the opportunity for business may come months from now, but you need to get that out there to get people interested and excited. Love that. Well, I think that it really is, you've taken me on this visual journey as you were talking about the rock skipping. In my mind, I saw the rock skipping on a lake. And so I'll always remember that because I connected with it visually. And you work with your clients in a way that is unique and very personable. And I think that has a lot to do with the collaboration and the success of that is they become part of your family. They become part of your heartbeat. And, you know, you want for them as much as you want for yourself. And that is a great collaborative partnership. First, you help them succeed. And then in turn, you succeed. I love that business model. I say it all the time. Absolutely. So Michelle, before I let you leave, I just have to ask you, what is your favorite pasta shape? So I I'm a big Trader Joe's shopper. And every summer, they have a limited edition pasta bag that's filled with three different shapes of pasta. So there's a curly one, there's like a short macaroni, and then one that's kind of like a penne. And I love the fact that it's three shapes that come together because that's how I feel about myself sometimes. Some days I'm curly, some days I'm like a penne pasta, and some days I'm more like a macaroni. And so every year I hoard multiple bags of that so that I have it for many months to come because I just, I'm not a vanilla kind of girl. I like to shake it up and I like that combination. So that's my favorite. Oh, I love that. And again, I'm going to, you've imprinted, you've imprinted <laughs> your story in my mind. I love this, Michelle. We are already fast friends. So this is wonderful. So now I would love to know where everybody can connect with you. Where are all the places we can find you? Thank you for asking that. So we do have a website, katiebrockmanco.com. And we're also under the handle katiebrockman.co on Instagram, as well as LinkedIn. We love LinkedIn. We love to herald all of the coverage that we get from our clients or when they have a speaking engagement. So please connect with us there. We, like you, as you began this conversation, 
I love to connect with people. I have an expression about myself. I'm a much better we than I am an I. So help me be the best we that I can be. Connect with me online for sure. Well, I really appreciate the time that you've spent and enriching our lives with the wonderful work that you do for your clients. And it really speaks from the heart. And you've said so much that I've connected with. So thank you so much for educating me as well. Thanks, Tori. What a great conversation. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye. You just finished another episode of Brandlift, where we talked all things branding, marketing, and design. Make sure you rate and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. To continue the conversation, head on over to my Instagram at Tori Sikama Photography. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. For show notes and any links to this episode and to snag your step-by-step guide on how to get published, head on over to torysikamaphotos.com and get started on your path of getting seen and getting published. See you next week on Brand Lift.